Hello and welcome back to Ring My Bell, the still probably only podcast about Taco Bell and masturbation. I'm your host, Ben, and today uh, on the podcast, we are joined by Mike Olson. Hey, Mike, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you, Ben? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I was playing a little D&D earlier, um, you know, just enjoying the last bit of the weekend. Um living the dream i'm also living the dream i took a nap today so oh very nice that's basically the dream every day it's nice to have accomplishable goals or accomplishable dreams like i would like to take a nap today that's my dream and then i did it and so now i have nothing to live for oh now i put it that way (laughs) that got real dark real fast (laughs) but hey you know when you set your goals super easy uh you know it's it's nice to be able to check a couple of things off of that to-do list no reason to make them all big right Mm -hmm. the downside is that when you set a super accomplishable to-do list and then don't accomplish any of it you feel like a real piece of shit exactly (laughs) we are here of course to talk about two topics um taco bell and masturbation both things Um, very near and dear to my heart Excellent. That's what I always like to hear. The number of people who have reached out to me about being guests on this uh, specific program who are like, two of my favorite things, man, you got to have me on. I'm like, that's, <laughs> I like hearing that because you know what? That is being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if you get a lot of Taco Bell and a lot of masturbation in, you're probably living a, a pretty decent life, I got to say. <laughs> Talk about easy goals to achieve. True. So um, I don't know if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, but in all of the episodes, I give the guest their option of which topic they would like to talk about first. Wow, that's a tricky one. I'm going to go with Taco Bell because I feel like my Taco Bell story is maybe, I don't know if it's like interesting exactly, but it's, I, I didn't eat Taco Bell until much later in life. Because I just, I was a very picky eater as a kid and I I would only, my parents, my family would get Taco Bell to, for dinner and I would refuse to eat any of it and have the cinnamon twists and that's it. Okay. And then when I was an adult, probably 24, 25 years old, we went to a Super Bowl party and got Taco Bell and took one bite and was like, this is what I've been missing. Oh my <laughs> God. It's so good. And then all those years of regret of all the years I was missing eating Taco Bell came flooding, flooding in. I I can appreciate that. I've mentioned it on a previous episode, but when I was a kid, uh, basically, if my parents were going to Taco Bell, um, the the question was always just, do you want a a hard shell taco or a soft shell taco? Totally ignoring the entire rest of the menu. And Taco Bell was never, it never felt like anything that amazing to me because when you're limiting yourself to those options it's fine that i don't think either of those selections are anything to write home about but when you sort of venture out into the world of other taco bell foods delicacies you know it it gets pretty amazing pretty fast so i can also i mean i also didn't really eat much taco bell as a kid Um, And it wasn't until um, mostly needing to uh, get 
cheap and easy fast food in the middle of the night. And then I'm like, oh shit, Taco Bell actually kind of kicks ass. Mm -hmm. So I can appreciate that. So now uh, as an adult, when you are going to Taco Bell, what is your usual order? Um, The big thing that Taco Bell has been good for me lately is about the last uh, two years or so, almost two years, I've been eating mostly vegetarian. Um, This... This started when uh, me and my ex-wife split up because she was such a like avowed meat eater that she would never have let me be vegetarian. So that was my like midlife crisis, divorce uh, craziness. <laughs> Instead of buying a convertible, I started eating vegetarian. So that's okay. the kind of nerd that I am. If anyone listening doesn't know me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so the seven layer burrito light on sour cream is my go-to these days. Excellent. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that seven layer. Um, the light on the sour cream is I think a very good call. I've never actually made that alteration, but I'll have to keep that one in mind. I feel like occasionally you get ones where it's just like, it feels a little bit like half of it is sour cream. Yep. That's how I feel with pretty much any amount of sour cream. Except a small amount. If it's small enough amount, I mean, it's a little bit, I, I assume it's a little bit like a uh, blowjob that you just get this white creamy stuff in your mouth that you weren't quite ready for. And then <laughs> you're like, oh, I regret this. Except with semen, it's not cold, which is, sour it's, cream is usually cold. It's true. My, I mean, my biggest complaint with too much sour cream in the seven layer is it sort of makes the rest of the burrito feel a little cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine with semen, it would not be such a huge issue. Um, but now I'm trying not to think about semen in a seven layer burrito. Well, what I what I am thinking about is giving a blowjob to Dr. Freeze from Batman and how that would probably be a way <laughs> to experience what cold semen is like. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that I'd put uh, it in my burrito, but yes. I don't know. I, I think uh I think that would probably be an an accurate um an accurate thing. But no, I, I do I really appreciate the uh the ease with which one can have vegetarian options at Taco Bell. Um I uh some years back went uh, vegetarian. And now I'm, I like to call myself a lazy vegetarian. We do it for the environmental reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. but we just don't cook meat at home basically. But if we're out and about, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll, uh, indulge because, you know, meat's pretty tasty, but I, I try to still be pretty good about it. And it's nice that I can actually go to Taco Bell and not feel like I have to get something with meat in it, and I can still yeah. have a good time. That's pretty much, that's a great term. I'm going to start using that, lazy vegetarian, because that's basically how I am, too. I, if I'm at a restaurant, and none of their vegetarian options look great, and there's something with meat in it that just looks amazing, then I'm going to get it. But Right. Because I, my, my thinking when I went vegetarian was, if I try to force this on myself as something that I do religiously all the time, I'm going to fail immediately. And the first time I fail, I'm going to say, well, done with that and never do it again. Whereas if I say I'm vegetarian, except when I don't feel like it, I've been able to do that pretty consistently for two years. And, and, you know, like you say, I don't cook meat at home or, or very rarely. Sometimes my girlfriend gets stuff from like, you know, a farmer's market or a fancy 
less cruel butcher or whatever. I don't know what the word is. Less cruel. (laughs) (laughs) You know, ethical, ethical butcher. Like a humane sort of. um, Yeah. yeah. mm -hmm. And then she'll make that and that's fine. But most of the time I'm just like, eh, whatever. I'll just put chickpeas in it instead of ground beef. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, um, you know, the, uh, the thing is, like, you know, I live in Portland and you would expect a a really like hip progressive place like Portland to have vegetarian options basically everywhere. Um, but there's this barbecue place near my office that back when I, you know, was still going into the office, uh, my coworkers really loved to go there. But man, if I was trying to stay vegetarian for that, <laughs> like there's... <laughs> There, there's literally, you know, and, and I appreciate that they did this. There's a little uh, icon at the bottom that's like, if it has this, it's vegetarian. And then you look at the menu and literally nothing on the menu has that icon. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's like an Oregon Department of Health requirement. <laughs> like it, it just, it blew my mind because I'm like, oh, okay, so they have vegetarian options here. No, they don't. All right, cool. So I guess I'm getting a pulled pork sandwich and calling it good because, you know, but yeah, it's, it's stuff like that, which is why I, I'm like, you know, I actually really like being vegetarian most of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to raise a fight in a barbecue place because, right. you know, even the salads aren't vegetarian. So on the other hand, that would also be a very Portland thing to do would be to go into a barbecue place <laughs> and be like, excuse me, where, where is the smoked tofu? Uh-huh. I mean, you say that, but also there is a long-standing feud in Portland between our uh vegan strip club and the neighboring uh strip club who is known for how good their steak is. Um they get into actual fights about uh ab- about these strip clubs. Wait, um, so a vegan strip club that's the food they serve food? Uh, so they serve uh, all the any food that they have is vegan. Um, I think the girls who dance there are also vegan. Um, the main the the so I was gonna say for a second, uh, you can't possibly find a critical mass of strippers for a strip club that are all vegan. And then I realized <laughs> that you're in Portland, and right. also, I mean. If I don't feel like they should have like strippers should have any compunction about lying about their eating habits in right. order to work at the vegan strip club. So, I mean, I guess <laughs> the most notable thing about uh, the vegan strip club is not that it's the vegan strip club um, is that the uh, you can only tip them in two dollar bills. Uh, it's kind of their whole thing. Um, because Portland <laughs> was Thomas Jefferson a vegan? <laughs> Pro- probably not. I um, I, like I don't understand <laughs> why you would like. We want you to tip our ladies, but only in the most inconvenient way possible for you and for them. Right, right. Like I don't, I don't really understand it, but it's also Portland, so I just don't question it. But, uh, but yes, let's, let's get back to, um, Taco Bell. Uh, I do really appreciate the fact that, um, you know, a a lot of their, I mean, I've not all of the the ones I've been to, but even a lot of the drive-thrus have a little section on it. That's like, these are all vegetarian options. Like 
not a lot of places just straight up uh, cater to vegetarians, mm-hmm. which is really great. I mean, even, you know, like Burger King has like their uh, Impossible Whopper now, yum, yum, but yum. like, but it's like, that's it. That's the thing that they've got, yep. you know? McDonald's has nothing vegetarian. Right? Like, I mean, I guess they have French fries and they have, I don't know, salads that maybe don't come with, maybe you can get a salad without chicken on it. But what's the point of going to fast food if you're going to get salad? I've never understood that. <laughs> right. Um, right. I mean, I guess if you need food fast that and you're like on a road trip, whatever. I guess I shouldn't judge anyone for wanting to get fast food, but... Yeah, I mean, it's true. When I was moving out here, um, I ate basically nothing but Big Macs for, you know, two days because there's a McDonald's in basically every town. Mm-hmm. So I get that. But yeah, um, do you have any other um, specific... Uh, likes at Taco Bell other than the seven layer? You know, you mentioned before that the the soft talk, soft and hard shell tacos are kind of boring, but I, I was always a big fan. I w- before I was vegetarian, just like two or three soft tacos was my go-to. Uh, I guess maybe I'm a little boring. I used to get the um, <laughs> grilled chicken, grilled stuffed burrito. Is that a okay, whole thing? Yep. It's just a lot of words. I don't know why that one has so many words in it. I feel like a lot of taco bell menu items specifically are rather wordy i mean you've got like cheesy gordita crunch and uh crunch wrap supreme which is just a word that they made up there's a whole taxonomy of of taco bell stuff there's like is it cheesy is it crunchy soft or hard is and then the you know the conveyance method if it's a, a taco a burrito a crunch wrap a gordita and you know like you say some of them are just made up by their marketing team and some of them are things that exist at other mexican restaurants but i mean i feel like that's true for a lot of restaurants in general i mean mcdonald's just adds mick to everything so you've got the mick rib and the Big Mac is just a big Mac. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, they should really McDonald'size it and call it a McBig Mac. <laughs> I don't know why they've never thought of that. Missed opportunity. <laughs> Maybe, you know, 2021 we'll get the McBig Mac and uh, it'll just be a Big Mac with a Big Mac inside of it. Ooh. Well, okay. What's it? What's the Big Mac replacing? The patty or probably the, the inner bun, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Because you've got that inner bun, and so you take that layer out and put a, whole, a, Big, a Mac. Whole Big Mac in there. I mean, you could do this yourself. You just order two Big Macs. <laughs> um, it's true, but then you have to live with the knowledge that you did this, um, <laughs> and there's no coming back from that. You, I mean, you'd have a whole like re, you could have a whole infinitely recursive Big Mac situation too, where it's just like. A Big Mac inside a Big Mac inside a Big Mac, and it's just Big Macs all the way down <laughs> until you create a singularity and the whole universe gets sucked into it. Excellent. I've now seen what the end of the universe looks like, and it looks decently okay. <laughs> I'll take it. There, there are worse options than being sucked into a giant Big Mac singularity, so... <laughs> But yeah, it's it's not that I really feel like the the just normal like hard and soft tacos are are like boring per se. It's just like you know, I mean, it's 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 decent food done quick, uh, mm-hmm. which you know is great. But um, I just feel like when you compare it to the rest of the Taco Bell menu, 
where they're like, let's just dust this with Dorito dust. And also, <laughs> you know, let's wrap up a, a crunchy uh, layer in a soft layer. And let's do this also with like tacos where it's a double taco. Like it's just comparatively a little underwhelming. Man, this is making me realize I got to branch out at the Taco Bell menu. I don't know that I've ever had a crunch wrap or a they don't do gorditas anymore do they nonetheless Uh, no i i don't remember honestly this podcast is making me uh making me uh actually branch out a little bit because i i definitely had a sort of usual um and you know part of it is that like i said you know i try to stick to the vegetarian stuff but now you know i've had a couple of guests who are just like oh this is the the thing that's to die for so i actually had my first crunch wrap supreme a couple of weeks ago um which you can get just with black beans instead of meat Mm -hmm. i had something else for the first time and i don't remember what it is but like you know for the guy who who started a taco bell podcast i'm definitely uh not the expert on the menu so I'd, I'd recommend, you know, trying a, a handful of other things because there's some pretty surprising stuff on that menu. I have had the Dorito taco and I am a big fan. I still actually haven't had that one because I'm a little afraid of it. I, I'm, I'm working my way up to it. Um, I'm curious. Why are you afraid of it? Have you already talked about this on the podcast and don't want to address it again? No, no, I've I've not talked about this yet. It's just... Um, like, I feel like I'm just not stoned enough to ever order that. <laughs> it's definitely the sort of thing that you order when you are stoned at three in the morning or whatever, or, you know, the bar is closing down and you're still pretty drunk. Like, I feel like, I I feel like there's a, a place and a time. Okay. And I feel like. I feel like ordering a Dorito taco, like, I feel like I'm the narc who's about to get found out. Like, I'm rolling up and I'm like, what's up, you cool kids doing any of the drugs today? And then they find me out because I'm a fucking square. Um, and it's it's a total weird anxiety thing of mine. But I'm just like, I, I'm too normal to order this. I'm going to make a suggestion, which is okay. when you get the Dorito taco, do not try to snort the Dorito powder. That will be a dead giveaway because <laughs> you're supposed to smoke it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, the other question I generally ask everybody is uh, hot sauce. Um, what what sort of hot sauce do you generally get, if any? Fire. Fire all the way. Did they recently introduce one above fire? Um, they had like a Diablo, I think, um, somebody on a previous episode mentioned it. Um, I don't know that I tried the Diablo. I'm a fan of the fire though. Yeah, I actually, uh, I usually just stuck to the hot. Um, but so many people have been on this podcast, uh, and they've all been like, fire is the only way to go. That last time I decided I'm, I'd, I'd actually do the, the fire. It lived up to the hype, even if my uh, stomach was not totally a fan. It wasn't the worst, but my, my stomach was like, usually you don't go this, this hot. My feeling is kind of that 
it's Taco Bell is very much a white person spicy place. It's not surprising. It's a major national <laughs> fast food chain. They got to uh-huh. they got to fa- they have to play to the lowest common denominator and I don't necessarily even mean that in a bad way in this case. But so th- so they're they're going by white person spicy scale first and then major corporate fast food chain spicy scale second, which is really bringing it down a lot. So I mean I think you know, you're only ever going to get so hot at a place like that because you don't you don't want Mr. Tough White Guy who thinks that he's, you know, thinks he's the shit because he can eat spicy food to, like, get pissed and go, I eat the spiciest food in the world and this is too spicy for me or some garbage like that. So I right. understand why they don't do it, why they don't get too spicy. But it's it's got a little it's got some kick to it, which I appreciate. I'm not a huge spicy freak. See, it's funny because I actually really love uh, spicy food. I just always avoided the fire because I just kind of made the assumption that there's a lot of hot sauces out there that just kind of exist to be exactly what you were just talking about, where it's like, I am the tough guy who can eat this hot sauce and it's so great. Honestly, most of those hot sauces just taste like hot. Yeah. Like there's no flavor in it. You know, my my brother is definitely one of those guys who's like, I love all the hottest hot sauces. And I used one of his on some eggs one morning. It was like a couple of drops. And I was like, I can barely finish these eggs. This is literally just like pepper, liquefied hottest pepper ever know anything to soften that up mm-hmm. there's no point in this like it doesn't taste like anything and i was just kind of assumed fire was going to be that and i was pleasantly surprised to find out it actually has a very good flavor to mm-hmm. it um there's also an article um from the thrillist from four years ago that says diablo sauce is back permanently so you know assuming that four-year-old article is accurate diablo <laughs> sauce is here Next time, next time I'll try some Diablo sauce and report back <laughs> if you don't get to it before I do. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I've got anxiety, so I'm a little concerned that I'm going to show up and be like, yeah, give me that Diablo sauce and be like, you asshole, we don't have that anymore. And then I'll feel like a tool and it's a, it's a, not a bad thing that happened to me at all, but I'm going to think about that for the rest of my life about how I was made a fool at a Taco Bell <laughs> one time in 2020. So I'm going to do a little bit more research and double check to make sure this is a real thing. Anxiety's a real dick. It really is. Uh, I've mentioned it before, but like I, I can't do like secret menu items at like Jamba Juice uh, or where like in and outs known for its freaking secret menu. It's not a, it's not even a remotely secret thing, but it's like it doesn't say that on the menu. You can you can pay me to ask for that. This is just not happening. Thanks, anxiety. I, I have the same anxiety, although I'm I'm able to overcome it a little bit more. But the only time I go there is when I go to a board game convention in Dallas, and then I go with friends who are way less nervous about that kind of thing than I am, and they peer pressure me into it. <laughs> and then I go, why are we eating at a fast food joint when we're on vacation? Like, I suppose I should I shouldn't like rip on them because they might listen to this. <laughs> I mean, but, I I get it though, because like, we, uh, my girlfriend and I went to Austin uh, a couple of years ago for a wedding, 
And all we did was just eat delicious uh, barbecue and Tex-Mex the whole time. It was so great. Like if she was like, hey, you know, let's go to um, let's go to, you know, like a, a McDonald's or whatever. I'd be like, why? We're, we're here. We should we should eat all the delicious food while we're here. Yeah, I I think a big part of it is that a lot of us in that group don't come from California or wherever in and out is prevalent. So it's it's like a once a year treat. Um, it just I can see that it just isn't that good in my opinion. Like it it's it's comparable to like a Culver's, which we have in Wisconsin in spades. Sure, sure. And so it's not a huge treat for me. But they like it, so I go with anyway. And actually, usually we do something called a bang-bang, where we go to dinner, and then on the way home from dinner, stop and get another dinner. So um, <laughs> this is also something that my friends love, and I, I just can't do. Like, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have the constitution for it. Um, but, you know, in and out is oftentimes the second meal of the evening that we get on the way home from the first meal of the evening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, the the first time I went to In-N-Out, I was like, oh, this is great. This totally lives up to all the hype. And then the second time I went to In-N-Out, I was like, over it. Uh, Those are the two times I've been to In-N-Out. So um, that's going to piss off a lot of Californians because it's kind of a thing. But, you know, it it is what it is. I call them like I see them. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other thoughts on taco bell specifically before we change topics i don't yeah i think i think the uh taco bell we've discussed is is pretty good like i said i'm a big fan of the seven layer burrito i'm gonna try that uh uh light sour cream next time though i think that's a good call it is let's move on then to the second topic at hand uh as it were uh which is masturbation Generally, the other question that I ask everyone who is on this show is, if you have one, uh, what is your usual process when it comes time to masturbate? (laughs) You know, uh, sex toys um, or porn or, you know, just what what have you? What sort of uh, what sort of ritual do you have around this? So we're generally talking I I will go to my bedroom. This is a thing that I do a lot to sleep. I I find that masturbation really helps me fall asleep. You get that um, hormone blast. What's the hormone called? I can't remember. Prolactin or something that makes you sleepy after sex or makes men sleepy at least. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I usually do it to try to help myself sleep or not to help myself. I mean, you do it because it's fun, but. I usually do it before bed, either in the afternoon if I'm going to take a nap or at night. And so I sort of go through my whole nighttime routine, turn off all the lights, like brush my teeth. And then I get my computer out and I set it on my bed and then I get a box of tissues and I set it next to the computer. Um, And normally... I'm mostly an erotic stories person. I would much rather read a story than watch porn. Although sometimes, I don't know, I'm feeling visual or I'm too lazy to read. Then I'll just put on porn. But I'm always disappointed by all the porn I find all the time. 
And then I was like, maybe I should try paying for porn. Maybe I'll get better porn if I pay for it. And that's probably more ethical, too, than using, like, the tube sites that are basically stealing from content creators. Right. Uh, but then I find that that's also disappointing. And part of it's probably I haven't put in enough effort to try and find the kinds of things that I like. Like, maybe if I tried really hard, I could find some some strain of things or, you know, some search term. That would more reliably sure. turn, return something I enjoy, but I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that because like, um, I'm, I'm generally just a porn kind of guy, but like, if if I were to be asked what my uh, specific interests are, I don't know that I have any. Um, the thing that I, I always uh, really liked before uh tumblr was uh depornified was that you know you find some some good uh tumblr blogs full of just random stuff and then like you find something on that page that's like i don't know if this is my thing usually but right now yeah like this this is totally working for me can't really do that anymore uh mm -hmm. since they they depornified it um, but I, I, I generally, it's nice to have other people just kind of be like, this is a thing I liked. And then maybe it's my thing and maybe it's not. Um, but like if, if I'm sitting down to like, you know, look for myself, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> when I'm, like I have to make this, I'm just came here to jerk off. Uh, <laughs> why am I making decisions right now? I, I, this don't put me on the spot like this. Huh. Um, so maybe that's the anxiety talking again. Who knows? Yeah. So I, I, I get that, um, you know, especially because I don't know if it's true for a lot of other people, but like there are definitely things that I'm like, you know, one day I'm like, yeah, this is totally my jam. You know, this, this is like one of the, the hotter things I've ever seen. And this is great. And then like literally the next day I'm like, why did I watch that? um not not my thing um but uh, you know it takes you till the next day to feel disgusted with yourself <laughs> i'm usually like as soon as i'm done i'm like oh sorry i know i'm not supposed to like act disgusted but it's like i definitely i, I definitely will as soon as, as soon as my mind is out of sex mode i'm just like i'm like really <laughs> i mean yeah there there are the occasional times when i'm like huh okay well I just finished and huh. Um, but yes, usually, usually it's never anything. So, mm -hmm. um, so out there that like, I'm immediately just like, what the hell? It's more of just a, like, I, I definitely, this was like my sort of taste yesterday and today. Um, it's just not. So I don't know if a lot of people have that sort of, um, uh, sort of wildly swinging interest uh, in there or not, but that's my experience. In any case, I'm I'm curious. Uh, what what is the um, erotica sort of thing? Like how? Because uh, I've I've talked to a lot of women who sort of have that as as their sort of thing. I don't uh, generally talk to a lot of men who who feel that way as well so you know i don't mean to put you on the spot oh, too no. much <laughs> um, uh, i mean i i signed up for this and i'm happy to talk about it um 
the key thing that that goes on in my mind that that really turns me on is situations where somebody has to be talked into having sex and the fine line that you have to walk is that i'm not into non-consent porn which i think Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of stuff in this vein just goes into like and you know there are plenty of people who are who are into that in a you know into that in their sexual imaginations and not in an unhealthy way in in their real lives so that's fine but it doesn't do it for me and so Mm -hmm. it's got to be a kind of specific situation where somebody like wants they want to do it but for some reason they feel like they shouldn't or like they can't and then someone's gotta gotta talk them into it or seduce them into it and i just have a lot of trouble finding finding stuff in that precise vein because a lot of it's just a lot of that stuff is either written by or for people who are more interested in just in just the like you know forcing it or taking control but right. what what i'm really into is the the sense of giving up control and i think that this stems from from my anxieties as well as i feel like a lot of things in my life i've done because other people told me to or because i'm scared uh you know i've got anxiety telling me i shouldn't do this or you know i'm scared to order the dorito taco because i'm (laughs) you know but but when somebody else takes away my choice or you know makes me feel like i have a harder time saying no then it's like i have this permission to do it because it's not really my choice anymore and so okay and and that is very sexy to me but so much of that so much of the porn that that focuses around that feeling it in my mind it it comes across as men trying to control women sure and yeah. so you end up in a lot of in a lot of cases where i'm putting myself in the sh- in the shoes of like the female protagonist in this case because there's so f- there's there's a lot less porn where the woman is is seducing the man and then there's also a lot of situations where when the man is the one being seduced it's more in a like humiliation way right yeah i was just thinking that because like you know there there is definitely some stuff out there like that but it does tend to be you know like oh let's let's get this awkward virgin laid like you know the the male character is is you know stereotypical nerd with a pocket protector or you know well or something like very that. handsome ripped guy but wearing glasses <laughs> <laughs> well yes in porn even the nerds are ripped as hell yeah. so i work in it and i will tell you right now i do not look like that so <laughs> neither do i but yeah i mean i i definitely get that um you know i think the the weird thing about porn for me is that even like the the stuff that is supposed to be you know different than you what you would standardly think about porn uh tends to still be very samey you know like yeah it's all stuff that is is sort of built for consumption by men and the people who are writing it and filming it and you know it's it's all it all gets filtered through that same thing and so 
even the like, oh, well, you know, here's this shy guy who, you know, isn't really sure if he should, you know, it still really comes off as that sort of like, okay, but you know, he's a loser because real men just, they go straight for the sex. And so clearly he has something wrong with him or, you know, it, it, it still comes off being very much like basically all the other porn out there. I also think there a lot of porn just, it's whatever, whatever the kink is, you know, or maybe kink is not even the right word, but whatever, whatever thing they're trying to accomplish, that's like the first five minutes and then they're naked and they're fucking and that's that. <laughs> right. And then you got just 35 minutes of like, okay, first she blows him, then he goes down on her, then they fuck in this position and they fuck in that position, then they do it in the butt, then they go back to some other position and then like there's some kind of finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> right which depending on the you know which also varies you can basically sum up pretty much the entirety of one-on-one -on -one heterosexual porn as some some scenario and then like you said um it's usually she blows him optional he goes down on her they fuck in one to four positions <laughs> um th uh, and then at the end he pulls out and ejaculates on some part of her body and that's that like that is basically every you know heterosexual porn ever mm -hmm. yeah whether or not the story is uh it's the pizza delivery guy or um their work colleagues or step siblings is the big one nowadays yeah that one um, I don't know how I feel about, uh, that one. I, th I mean, I think that's the point. It's supposed to be taboo and I, yeah. I kind of understand it from that perspective. Like, and it, it, it a little bit feeds into that thing I'm talking about of like, you know, there's like, there's a strong reason we shouldn't, but really, right. but really it's not, it's not really a deal breaker, but I feel like it should be and society would frown on it, but it's also not bad and i think that but again like it just even even though that sort of works with my with my general uh fantasy world it it just never does because it's like yeah we care about this for like three, five minutes at the beginning and then we're just fucking and then that's that's that right um i mean i have seen uh there was one that i saw where um it was not labeled as a uh, step sibling thing and so you know i was i was watching it and it was it was actually like pretty good and then um right at the end uh they finish and then she says something about you know being step siblings or whatever and i was like twist okay um <laughs> thanks m night Shyamalan. um <clears throat> So, um, you know, it's not, it's, uh, it's not really my, uh, kind of thing. Um, but it, it is interesting to me that it has become such a big category. Um, you know, when I, when I do go to the, you know, any, pretty much any site, uh, these days, it's, you know, a, a pretty big section has that, that as the sort of framework for it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking now about like, I really don't care about the actual sex part at all. And that's actually true, not just in like the porn I like, but also in my 
relationships. I don't know if I should say it that way. That's not the right way to say it, but like I'm polyamorous. And so I've got a girlfriend that I've been seeing for six years and you know, we have, we have great sex, but occasionally I'm like, Oh, it would sure would be fun to go out and meet somebody else and try something different with someone else for, you know, for a minute. But what I found, and this is part of the reason that I've not really been polyamorous so much lately. I mean, I'm, you know, I am in the sense that I'm, that it's, that I'm open to it, but I'm not really seeking people out is because what I find is that I develop crushes on people and I really enjoy having a crush on them and I enjoy flirting with them and I really enjoy our first date and I really enjoy the first time we have sex. And I'm like, well, that was, that was fun. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was the like, the, the seduction and the, the sure, like uncertainty of not it the... that was what turned me on. But then this it's not the the uh, destination so much as it yeah. is the journey. And so then the, okay. the second date when I'm when when I know that we're going to end up having sex, it's like less exciting. And so I feel like that's not fair to the people that I'm dating. So I need to be I need to be more cognizant of that kind of thing when I'm dating someone and be like, OK, is this actually someone that I want to keep seeing or is this someone I want to sleep with? And I. I don't, I'm not good at navigating that. So my, <laughs> my solution at the moment is don't try to date. Also, you know, there's a pandemic and I haven't, <laughs> right. I haven't seen anyone, but my girlfriend and my daughter in three months. So it's not like I'm right. It's not like I'm like drowning in dates or anything. I mean, for, for me, like I'm on the, the totally opposite, uh, end of, of things. Like I, I hate dating. It's so awkward. I'm so bad at it. I always just kind of like whenever I was single, uh, I'd always just be like, why can't I just wake up tomorrow six months into a relationship? <laughs> That's what I want. Because, you know, there there is definitely that uh, sort of thrill of like, you know, like that there's that first part in a relationship where it's like you can't keep your hands off of each other because this is new and you're just fucking all the time and it's great. But also, I spend the entirety of that portion of the relationship terrified as hell um, because I'm really bad at talking to people, Mm -hmm. which is why I do podcasts all the time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And yeah, I'm just I'm nervous as hell. I'm I'm really I'm really bad at like flirting and that kind of thing. Um, And I definitely like I, I mean it's a lot of the same friends uh, that we both have on Twitter, but like I see all the people just flirting all the time and I'm like, that's cute. And I wish I was good at that because that looks like a lot of fun, but I'm not at all. So um, I can appreciate the feeling and the the fantasy of, of that kind of journey to like the seduction and the, you know, meeting new people and, you know, that first time of like uh, actually having sex, but yeah, I'm just like, nope. Um, I just want to. Uh, we're already fucking, so let's get to that part because I don't need to do all that seduction part. Um, that very, very seldom ever comes into any sort of uh, fantasies for me. So, totally different perspective on that. But I, I can appreciate your. Yeah, I, uh, I, it's. I think I. I understand where you're coming from too. I mean, I also struggle from anxiety, but it. Well, first of all, I have it pretty well managed, but, but also it just manifests in, in different ways for me. So, it, but I, but I get it. 
I get, I get that feeling of like wanting to skip ahead to the part where you don't feel anxious anymore. Right. Cause I feel that way about other things for sure. Did you have any other thoughts on the masturbation topic? I feel like we, we had uh, quite a lot to say about uh, different issues with porn and, uh, and whatnot, but um, I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to add, man. I feel like, in theory, I could come up with all kinds of things, but it <laughs> seems more, uh, I don't have anything that I'm just like dying to say at the moment. Yeah. I mean, uh, these conversations always kind of go off in random different directions because everyone kind of has their own comfort level of what they're, uh, interested in, in talking about. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think I got a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good picture of, uh, your, <laughs> whole uh setup as it were yeah do you have any other questions uh for me or anything else you wanted to, to talk about before we wrap up do you know how i can find people who want to sex with me but do not want to actually have sex with me <laughs> because as i because given what i said before that would be ideal that would be my ideal situation i'm assuming um, your answer is no but you know i mean based on being on the internet uh, since I was in middle school, I'm going to say, go find yourself a good text-based online RPG, heavy on the role-playing, and then just flirt with everybody there. Because basically everyone on those, those old, uh, text-based online games were just horny as hell or there to maximize their stats. So, <laughs> so those are the only, those are the only two kinds of people. It's probably pretty easy to like, separate them out so just you know find one of those and then just uh get good at at typing um maybe with one hand if necessary <laughs> and uh have at it play play a little coy and you know you're you're set do those games still exist oh i i think they do there was one i played in high school uh that i looked up uh, a couple of years ago uh and it was still active so huh. let me see if it's still um, I was going to say, but aren't most of the people in that horny as hell because they're like teenagers? And then I realized that anyone who is into text-based role-playing games probably got into it when they were a horny teenager in 1997. So right. they're probably all my age. <laughs> right. I feel like now, you know, that would have been a dangerous prospect maybe in 1997 uh sure. here in 2020 yeah they are exactly as old as you are you know they they cut their teeth on this like no no kids these days are like well i could log in to destiny 2 or i can log in to this online text-based rpg <laughs> go left <laughs> go west go west go right. north i don't think the kids are are really into that <laughs> these days so um, but yeah, just, uh, the, there, there were, there were quite a lot of, uh, I mean, I was in one of the ones where it's like, you show up to mostly to maximize your stats and there was still, you'd walk into all sorts of weird flirting. So, huh. um, I was I'm, involved in one of those when I was in high school on America online, I would never have flirted. I was far too nervous <laughs> for anything like that, but I, never left the training area. I <laughs> excellent. I just stayed in the training area and tried to get 
as many as much like gold and improve my stats as much as I could. And it never really occurred <laughs> to me that if I went out into the world, I could improve my stats much more and have a much better time. But yeah, I that and I never, never, ever left. I think I left once, maybe died immediately and then never left again. Something like that. I don't know. It was stupid. Yeah, I looked up the one that I used to play in high school. It looks like the server's still active. Nobody's online at the moment. So anyways, uh, I think that'll do it for us here then. Um, If people listening to this episode want to uh, get more information on you, and uh, I know you don't have any real like active podcasts right now, but um, I know you have a, a few sort of in hiatus. So where can people find out more about those? My my biggest podcast is called Stool Pigeons, and that's at Stool Pigeons Pod on Twitter or StoolPigeonsPodcast.com. That's where uh, my friend Tiffany and I talk about all things related to poop. And so that's history, science. It's not as gross as it sounds from that one sentence description, and I would recommend it. We haven't done an episode in a really long time, um, but the episodes that are out there are pretty great. So I recommend it. I'm personally a listener of Stool Pigeons, and I would also recommend it. And otherwise, you can find me at Mish underscore Olson. So that's M-I-S-H underscore O-L-S-O-N on Twitter. And I go in waves where I post there a lot, and then I don't post for a while. And, you know, like anybody. I feel like that's everyone's social media experience these days. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was wonderful to talk to you. Um, if you want to find out more about this show, you can find this show on Twitter at ringmybellpod. We've also got a website, ring, ringmybell.sexandlasers.com, where you can find out uh, you know, how to share the show with friends. We've got a, a link to support the show, all that kind of fun stuff. There's a contact form if you just for some reason really feel the need to me- reach out to me. You know, I guess send me your porn recommendations since I apparently just rely on others to give me the good stuff. So <laughs> that's all at ringmybell.sexandlasers.com. Uh, and until next time, when I'm back again talking with other folks about the stuff they like to get in the drive through and the stuff they like to get uh, down to in the bedroom. And until next time, remember, masturbate, it's healthy. It's healthy.